Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Career Builder is made for people who have that thing. You know, those superpowers that make you good at your job. The skills you bring to work. And Career Builder knows those skills make you right for other jobs too. Higher paying jobs with benefits. Jobs you never thought of trying. Are you a people person? Work from home as a customer service rep. Are you organized and like driving? Become a delivery driver. You have the skills it takes, and CareerBuilder.com has the jobs to get you hired fast. Visit CareerBuilder.com. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky back with you, Buck. Uh, let's be honest here. I was going to get right into the podcast, but I looked at the screen. I saw you giggling like a schoolgirl. I need to know what's going on in your world right now. No, 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 no. I'm just laughing because <laughs> it's, it's about the stuff that we're going to talk about later. So I'm trying to, I'm just trying to figure it all out who I want to rank as the number one. Oh, yeah. Duos. Oh, yeah. I, I saw you. I mean, I just like I, Bucky's just having like he's got a, a stand up comedian in his head right now and he's just oh, enjoying man, yeah. life. Yeah, because I'm trying to figure out like anytime we have a hard a hard number about like who's number one, one to five and stuff like that. I'm trying to figure out like which fan base do I really want to deal with? the most? Oh, yeah, that's so that's what it is. <laughs> who gonna troll? Which fan base is Bucky going to troll? There's, uh, there's, uh, I mean, the uh, we'll get into what we're going to talk about here. We're going to talk about wide receivers today. We're talking about Julio signing with the Titans, something we talked about a little bit last week. Mm-hmm. But what does it mean going forward? And we're going to go division by division. We're going to rank who we think is the number one uh, pass-catching duo in each division. So you can throw tight ends in there as well. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say, okay, the fan bases that you could get most riled up, uh, we will go with uh, really – 
Buffalo Bills would might be number one for me. The Bills yeah, get they, fired up about things. Bill, Bills, Bills Mafia get they 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 get. But you know, Ravens flock gets a little. Yeah, they can, get a little, they can get a little testy too if, if you say some things that are out of pocket. Raider Nation, anything like Cowboys. that you say. Cowboys, Cowboys, yeah, Cowboys. Both sides of it. Yeah, like Cowboys, but man, uh, Raider, Raider Nation will, will get upset. And the Browns, the dog pound, the dog pound will come after you if you say something sideways about one of their guys. Yeah, I would say still of, of every team – um, I'd say, you know what? Jags are sneaky, too. The Jags have a very, very faithful following there that's very passionate. Um, but I would say if you're talking still love-hate, right, the most people love them. If you add up the number of people that love a team and the number of people that hate a team, mm. I, I still would say the Dallas Cowboys would be number one on that list. Well, I mean, when you anoint yourself America's team, that makes it. <laughs> I mean, that yeah, but I mean, that's going back that 40 it, years or whatever. I know, but that I mean, makes it. It just, it's it still, all, yeah. there's people that love to hate the Cowboys. Well, I mean, when you think about it, like they, I mean, they haven't won a Super Bowl in, in forever yet. Every year is the year. They talked about, yeah. Every year is the year. So, yeah. I don't know. It's fun. Um, I mean, right off right off top, this, this wide receiver thing, the Julio Jones thing, I think the outrage to me has been kind of crazy because there is – a lot of conversation and consternation about the fact that the Falcons were only able to get a second round pick. And I can't really understand why people are surprised that that's all he bore in return. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's 30. So, so I'm glad, I'm glad you said that because I want to, I want to get your thoughts on this. So our buddy, Greg Rosenthal on, on around the league, around the, around the NFL, I, what, where mm-hmm. they were, they were around the league at one point in time, were they? I can't remember something like that. I thought I think it was back in the day. I can't remember. I never listened to the show, but I I do. uh, I do like the fellows. They're good guys. Uh, But anyways, Greg had said uh, something on on Twitter about how he doesn't understand how the value of draft picks uh, changes from the draft to the offseason. In other words, like he said, the Jets traded when you look at it, they traded a first round pick and two third round picks for a guard and Elijah Vera Tucker. And he said, then you have Julio Jones, one of the all-time great receivers who is proven in this league. And all he goes for is a two, a four, and you got to send a six with him in order to, to, to make the deal work. He's like, that doesn't make sense. And I just wrote back three things. I just said, age, cost, position. Like, mm-hmm. that's it. You've got a 32-year-old player mm-hmm. at a position that's not necessarily viewed as a premier position anymore. He's declining and he's incredibly expensive mm-hmm. versus a what 21 22 year old player who's an ascending player who's cheap who to be honest with you I think if you pulled people around the league you'd rather have a great guard right now maybe than even a well that's a debate the guard versus receiver it's offensive line versus a skill player I think it's easier to find the wide receiver than it would be to find a perennial all pro guard Oh absolutely I believe so I believe that's where the things have switched I think in the past, when we talk about guard, we used to be like, oh, we can throw anybody in there. Yeah. Like, we want to make sure the tackles, but we're seeing now more than ever, if you don't have solid guard play, man, it destroys the way your quarterback plays from the pocket, particularly if you don't have an athletic quarterback. Uh, Drew Brees, for instance, when the New Orleans Saints were rolling, they always had Pro Bowl caliber guards for the longest time in front of him because it was important that he didn't get pressure right in his face right away. And I think more teams are realizing the value of that. Look at the Patriots. Yeah, DJ, like the Patriots. But years ago, let's let's think about this. I had the toughest time giving Quentin Nelson a big grade that matched what he was just because 
the stigma and the stereotypes that are the long time narratives that have gone with guards for so long. Like, hey, man, we can't draft a guard in the top five. Like, what are we doing? We can't even have that conversation. But now we're seeing some of those old narratives, some of those old um, lines of thought. They're no longer relevant because the game has changed so much. And so offensive line is definitely uh, a position or has positions of premium and wide receiver. We're seeing now more than ever, you can get those guys and they don't necessarily have to be marquee guys to have an effective and functioning passing game. And this is one of the other things that, you know, you can't really have this conversation over Twitter, but again, Greg brought up a great point. Uh, and discussing the difference between the compensation for somebody like Julio Jones versus trading up for somebody in the draft. And I, I would then refer back to another Jets trade would be like Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. So in in terms of what the Jets were able to get back for Sam Darnold, it wasn't just the compensation that came from the Carolina Panthers. It was what you can do with the financial savings that you have now when you've cleared that money. So there's a, and then it works the opposite way. Now that, that that's an opportunity cost for the Tennessee Titans because now they've they've pushed so much money on their cap that that mm-hmm. might cost them re-signing another player on their roster or keep them from dabbling in free agency to bring another player. So you know it, you look at it from Atlanta's side. Once they get the cap cleaned up, it wasn't just you know the second and six round picks for Julio. They have the second, the six round picks, and they're going to have cash and space to be able to add more players. So it's never just a this guy for that pick. It is more to it than that. Yeah, a lot more to it. And I think what we're doing is I think every team is different depending on where that team is in the equation. Where are you when it comes to being in title contention? Where are you when it comes to the age of your marquee players? And are you or are you not paying the quarterback big money? Depending on those factors, you have to build your team differently. And I think now GMs have to have a more diverse toolbox than they used to have. Like we always talk about some teams are the draft and develop model. Hey, we're just going to draft them, develop them, resign them, or then draft somebody else. Well, now, depending on where your quarterback is, you may not be able to lean on that model. You know, Mm -hmm. like if your quarterback is young and not making big money, oh, we can dabble in trades and free agency and spend more money um, on other areas. But now when we pay him, we have to have that club in our bag where, hey, okay, now we can be a draft and develop team. Or you're the Rams where, hey, this this is what we do. We'll figure out a way to piecemeal it around a small collection of stars that are playing at a high level in their prime, and we'll figure it out. I just think now more than ever, general managers have to be able to think outside of the box, and they have to be able to live in a bunch of different worlds, and that wasn't always the case. And I, I want to say also – Everything is not, you know, black and white. I, I and I want to do this sometimes. I want to look at it as I'm pulling up the standings here. Um, I want to look at it as we are 100 miles an hour, full speed ahead, chasing a championship, or we are in full rebuild, retool. Let's look to the future, and we're going to be, you know, set the foundation for three, four years down the road. So I want to give you the the sport of baseball as an example. Look over the last two years, okay? So let's go with the Boston Red Sox. I mean, just lambasted for trading Mookie bets, right? I mean, you're the Red Sox. You should always be go for it in 100 million miles an hour. And then people would say, you're the Red Sox. You can't totally tear down and rebuild. So it doesn't make any sense. Like you're kind of in the no man's land. You're not in the rebuild mode. 
but you're not chasing the title because you traded Mookie Betts. Um, and another example would be the Chicago Cubs. They just traded you Darvish, their number one pitcher, the Padres, this last year. Mm-hmm. And people said, oh, the Cubs, they're a big market team. How are they? Again, you should be going full speed ahead toward the title. And yet, you know, they can't rebuild. They can't totally gut the thing. And here we are within a year. Um, the, the Red Sox are tied for first place. And the Cubs, I believe, are in first place. So they've been able to maybe maneuver around and find that sweet middle spot of, okay, we've still got a lot of good pieces here. We really like this player, but this player is going to help us kind of re- refuel, get a little bit younger, and and we're not going to have to go through the valley of stinking for four or five years. And so that's why with the Falcons at the draft, I was saying, you know, it's kind of a black or white world. It's either we keep Matt Ryan, we keep Julio, right. and we go for it. Yes, yes. Or, or – we blow it all, the way up. Blow it all up. Let's start take Trey Lance, you know, whoever is going to be there, whatever quarterback, and then and then off you go. Um, obviously, I don't think Trey Lance would have been there with, with no, the matters taken him, but, but take a quarterback, Justin Fields, whoever. Yeah, but 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 DJ, and, and I think that is the part that was so perplexing about it to me. Like now in recent weeks, it came out that Julio was pushing or demanding for the trade. But my thing was when you signed Matt Ryan to that deal, I'm thinking, hey, you're all, you in. You're all in. You don't you don't bring Cal Pitts to replace Julio. Like yeah. I think Cal Pitts is an outstanding tight end prospect in those things, but Julio is a six or seven time pro bowl player. He is not going to replace Julio in year one. If anything, I thought he would compliment Julio and Calvin Ridley, give them a middle of the field runner. Yeah. And now this offense is saying, Hey, we're going to be like the Brooklyn Nets. We're going to outscore you. And we're not going to worry about our faulty defense or anything, but to swap him out after the fact, to me, I don't, I don't really know what that accomplished. Because but, but I don't think you see what I'm saying though with this now. baseball yes. thing though. Because yes. it's the same thing. Because I'm with you. I, I said it. I said it on the air numerous times. This does not make any sense to me. And then I thought, well, maybe there's a gray area that we're not thinking of that we're not operating in, which is you can a little bit have your cake and eat it too. And maybe this is going to provide some resources that might not see this year, but maybe as soon as next year. You can use some of those resources to fill out the rest of your team, and you feel like you're, you know, difference between Mookie Betts and 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 somebody like Julio. Yeah. Is Mookie is still ascending, even though he's not playing yes. great right now. While as as Julio would mm-hmm. be descending, but nonetheless, they were and within a year were able to kind of spread these these newfound money resources and kind of fill in the rest of the roster. Yeah, and I, and I think that has to be a strategy. And I don't know, I, and we'll see. And I I like Arthur Smith, and I think Arthur is going to be a fine. Hey, coach, I think sometimes, though, DJ, in having been in the rooms, we know coaches fall in love with experienced quarterbacks because they can speak the same language. Yeah, they are. They have an know, adult conversation. You're going to have an adult conversation. Whereas when you, you're thinking about the prospect of dealing with a young quarterback, man, how much do I have to like water down of my system? I may not be able to get to the back pages of the playbook because he doesn't have this experience. The more those coaches are around the veteran guy. They fall in love with those guys, which is why we've talked about it, not only at quarterback, but at other positions. We got to get this guy out of the building because we'll sit here and say we need to get younger and athletic. But the longer this guy's in the room, the more likely that when we get to playing, the coach is going to put on those trusty old shoes because they're comfortable slippers. And so (laughs) sometimes you got to you have to get them out of the building. You can't a coach. You can't have the 10 year vet who's been around. And I know he plays all four uh, teams on special teams. We need to get younger, more athletic. We're going to have to do with that. We're going to have to find a younger player to be able to do those things. All right. I'm going to uh, ask you a question here. 
there's there's always different dynamics I don't think we always take into account when you bring in players and the money that's associated with the players. So if I if I asked you the Tennessee Titans, what who makes them go? Who's made them go the last several years? Who is that player? Uh Derrick Henry. So you're Derrick Henry. And now you're going to look out and you're going to look, you know, the guy in front of you at quarterbacks making 29.5. You're going to look out at the, to the left and you're going to see the guy out there, Julio Jones, is now making 15.3. And even though I think when he signed the deal, he was, it might have made him the highest paid or one of the highest paid. I think, you know, McCaffrey, I think it eclipsed that. But he was, I think he's what, according to this, he's making uh, 12, 13, 13. This says 13.5. Yeah. yeah, that's about right. That's about right. And that was really generous because we had talked about the time like they didn't need hey, to. They could have just taken they had the they could have just taken him to the franchise number and said it is what it is, but I mean but, I think what he, I'm, what he I'm, ended I'm, up getting that logically yes. that logically makes sense with what he's paid, right? To us mm-hmm. logically. Yeah. But you've been in locker rooms, I've been in organizations. I'm telling you <laughs> that's that's something nobody's talking about. I mean, it it is interesting when you think about it because he is unquestionably the straw that stirs the drink, mm-hmm. but he is underpaid by that. You got a complimentary piece that you're bringing over in Julio Jones. You have a quarterback who he could sit and mumble in his locker like the reason this guy is good because he can play action because he sticks the ball out and number 22 attacks the line. Everybody comes up, makes his life easy. Yeah, that that's a tough deal. That is a tough deal for for a running back to sit in the locker room. And so it's really important that, look, people care about how you make them feel. So if I'm the Tennessee Titans organization, you have to make Derrick Henry feel like he is a very important cog in the wheel, maybe the most important cog. And if you can't pay him, you better shower him with love and affection and all that other stuff to make him know, like, hey, man, this thing is about you and what you do. Because otherwise, it can get sideways in that locker room. And also remember this: AJ Brown is playing on the other side on that rookie deal oh, that as a second coming. round, as a, as a second round pick. He may be a thousandaire. He's not a millionaire. I don't know if he's making yeah. a million in the, in this year. But he's also going to look on the other side of Julio. And it's one thing to have that what I call that childhood, where you idolize Julio because Julio is great. It's another thing to play with him, and then you begin to see some of the warts on Julio's game. You're like, "Hey, whoa, wait a minute!" I think this, one. according to the, according to Spot Track, it's one five. AJ mm-hmm. Brown's making one five. Hey, he's about time to get. It's about time to get to the table. <laughs> about time to get to the table again. He has another good year. He's gonna want to get to the table. I mean, that's yeah. what it is. Because oh, yeah. as a second year, uh, as a second, this will be his pick, third. This will be his third. Yeah, year. he'll yeah. be he'll be on a four year deal. So yeah. after it's year time. three, if he yeah. kills it, he's like, "Hey, let's go." <laughs> I'm just saying though, I, I don't think I don't think people take into account the money thing. Because we can explain with with Derrick Henry, you know, his value based off the position league wide. There's a difference between your league value and your team value. In the locker room. In the locker room. I'm telling you, man. Everyone knows that the reason why this thing is what it is, is because back to back years, this guy's been the Russian champion. He's 250 pounds. And no one wants to deal with him. Mm-hmm. And then you look up and you see Instagram and he's squatting and deadlifting the house. You're like, man, that is a unique weapon, even though it was interesting that he and Julio work out together. They're yeah. working out together wherever they are. Like you talk about the full recruiting. Yeah. Man, 
But Derek Henry I'm also telling you, I, I, there's yeah. there's two things. There's logical thinking and there's emotional thinking. Those are two different things. If he goes back, if Derrick Henry, if Derrick Henry posts another rushing title, he puts a, hangs another one on the board. He is going to have to knock on John J. Rob's door and be like, "Hey man, hey, 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 I'm the best best deal the money can buy right now. Let's let's make it right." It's it's interesting, but you know when we think about the money deal and how it affects, like this Julio thing is really interesting because everyone last year got on Bill O'Brien for what he didn't get in return for DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is younger. DeAndre Hopkins is as accomplished in a way as Julio Jones. He only netted a second-round pick. We touched on this last week. A, everything that glitters is in gold when it comes to the team-building thing. We can love a wide receiver, but we also can look out there and say, man, are we we really going to pay $20 million for a wide receiver? Like, are we really going to pay that and are we going to get the return on the investment? Because right now, DJ, everyone that has been paid big money at wide receiver, that return hasn't been one guy, Stephon Diggs. But, but think, of, think not, about his age. Up, but think about up, his age. He's not up to twenty million. Like where where is he at with with the deal? He's I don't think he's up there when the when the uh, check it out when the Vikings redid his deal. I don't think they redid him at a level that is like what I would call tier one compensation even though he's a tier one player yeah so it was looks like it was uh average 14-4 that's right in between what a number yeah. one and a number two would do when they did yeah. it in minnesota i know they did a redeal but hey 20 million the 20 million dollar wide receiver we haven't seen the bang the bang for the yeah. buck so they, they his first year in buffalo was his year age 27 year so that's the difference. I mean, Julio's coming, and 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 that's why I'm just getting to the compensation. So what they give up a one, uh, they a gave one, up the one because ended up one, being Justin a Jefferson, a, a one and a five, right? Yeah. So it was a one, a one plus, and then um, that's why the compensation was more for Stephon Diggs than what you get for Julio. Julio's 32 years old. Stephon Diggs is coming over at age 27. That's five years difference. Five, five years of prime. Five years difference, and he was an ascending player. You know, like that's the thing. He was still kind of inching towards his prime. And I would say the year in Buffalo was his best year of his career in terms of like putting it all together. And I think he proved his value in terms of you talk about locker room value. He proved his value because he completely helped and played an instrumental role in Josh Allen becoming the player that he became. So it was a one, a five and a six in last year's draft and a fourth year and and then a four in the next draft. So, yeah, it was considerably more, but that's why. Again, I think people there's three things, right? It's the it's the age, it's the contract, and it's the position. So maybe the position might be a strike against you, but he had the age and the contract, you know, working in his favor big time. Uh, and that's why that's why you see the different compensation for these players. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it it's it's crazy to think about it. And I think the, the next receiver who is due a payday, I think Devontae Adams is due a payday. And it'd be interesting to see how the Packers handle that on the I mean, while dealing with the Aaron Rodgers deal, you know? And so, I mean, there's so many different things in play when it comes to the wide receiver stuff, but the Devontae Adams and Rodgers situation is one to monitor because if they cave in and pay Aaron Rodgers what we assume that he wants the deal to be sweetened, what does that now mean for Devontae Adams? Because they also went out and paid Aaron Jones when no one, no, yeah. none of us thought that they would yeah. pay Aaron Jones. So it's one of those things you talked about 
emotions and those things. It'd be interesting to see how this plays out in that locker room. All right, Buck, let's have some fun. I thought we'd bring in Nabil here and uh, and go through and try and find the number one pass-catching duo in each division. So how we're going to do this, we're going to go – we'll start like in the AFC East. Uh, we'll go uh, all four teams in that division. Nabil's going to give us their top duo. Could be receiver-receiver, could be receiver-tight end, could be tight end-tight end. Um, and then, Bucky, you and I will kind of put our heads together and see who we think is the number one pass-catching duo in the division. Are you, you ready, Nabil? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, let's go. Uh, let's start. Let's go AFC East. What do you got? So with the Bills, Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley, with the Dolphins, Will Fuller and Jalen Waddell, and you could also look at Devontae Parker. So that combination with the Patriots, Nikhil Harry and Jacoby Myers, or Nikhil Harry and Nelson Aguilar, with the Jets, Corey Davis and Denzel Mims. I think with the first of all with the Patriots, I think I would throw those tight ends in there with Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. I think I would probably. You yeah, make them you, the duo. Would you make I, them I, the duo? I would rather have that John duo Smith. of tight ends. John yeah, Smith, Smith and Hunter, Hunter Henry, Henry are the duo. Yeah. yeah, I think that would be my. I think that would be my duo for them. But what uh, uh, when you look at the rest of that division, golly, um, what do you think, um, Buck? Man, I almost believe that you have to go Diggs and Beasley, right? Like Beasley's a monster in the slot, and Diggs is unguardable. In their offense, I mean, Devontae Park and Will Fuller, I like Will Fuller, his availability. I mean, Gusecki is, is, is a weapon for them. That's yeah. a tough one. But, I, yeah, I, I, to me, I just think you have a pure number one in Stephon Diggs. So it's kind of like Stephon Diggs plus, you know, whatever else you want to throw out there. I think I would take – if you gave me the choice, I got to go play a game, that's the group I would want. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Dig, Diggs and Beasley. All right, let's go. Let's go AFC North here, Nabil. So with the AFC North, we have Marquise Brown and Sammy Watkins for the Ravens. We have Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd, or you can look at Jamar Chase and T. Higgins for the Bengals. For the Browns, we have Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. And then for the Steelers, we have Juju Smith-Schuster and Chase Claypool. I would I would say tight end wise for the Ravens I would definitely put Andrews in there um, as one of their guys so that's probably you're probably looking at Andrews and Marquise Brown you know Marquise Brown hasn't given them what they want yet but I would say that's probably the top duo Rashad Bateman's going to make a push this year as a rookie for them yeah. um, but I still think I would probably go uh, with with that combination for the best for the Ravens if you told me though Buck. Um, I know I'd be intrigued by Pittsburgh because I love Claypool. Teamed up with Juju, I like that combo. I know the Browns have the history with those guys. You're going to go with those guys. That's a chalky Bucky Brooks pick. I'm going to go I'm I mean, gonna go I Cincinnati. Mean, I'm going to go Cincinnati. I'm going to give me T. Higgins and, and Jamar Chase, and let's roll. What about Tyler, what about Tyler Boyd? Tyler Tyler Boyd, Boyd no, Tyler Boyd's legit, but I'm just telling yeah. you for the future, I, those are the two dudes that that get me – that I'd be really worried about defending would be those two dudes. Yeah, I mean, I understand it, but I, I'm looking around. I, I can't go. I can't go with Juju. I, can't, I there's something again that I think he averaged eight yards a catch. I mean, it's, it's just hard for me to say that. Well, his quarterback couldn't throw it ten yards. How are you going to average more than eight? I mean, can he break a tackle or something? Like, can you get more? Like, can I get more? I mean, eight yards a catch. Um, look, the OBJ thing is definitely brand name. OBJ is coming off an injury. Jarvis Landry, I mean, I would lean towards that. I do 
Phil, T. Higgins you, had had more yards and touchdowns, by the way, last year than Tyler Boyd as a rookie. I mean, I'm, I'm T. Higgins. I feel fan. like you were hating on T. Higgins there. No, I like I, I no. I feel like like I was a T. Higgins fan's draft. He was in my top five. Like, <laughs> I, I'm okay with T. Higgins. Um, come join me. Come on, come with the Bengals. Come join me. It's so so like so disrespectful to OBJ and Landry. Who's I, more? I, I just, I, I, who, I just, here's a question right now. Just simply. And I know not not in the past, but right now, who's more talented, Jamar Chase or Odell Beckham? Well, I mean, my guy's coming off a knee injury. I mean, like he had the bulky knee. I mean, I've seen the my workouts, last the last time know. I saw the last time I saw Jamar Chase, I was still waiting for him to land after his vertical jump. <laughs> I mean, they're talented. <laughs> they're talented. Gosh. I feel like there's a lot of him and Hawn here. I mean, I am him and Hawn. I wrote down on my paper OBJ and Landry right yeah. here, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, maybe the Bengals, but I mean, is our quarterback yeah. going to be able to throw? I mean, which quarterback? I he's hell, he's going to be good, man. Well, this isn't a quarterback discussion; it's a duo discussion. I mean, he's, you just gave Juju and all that. Okay, I'm giving you the final. I'm giving you the final. The final call. Make the call. Which which duo in this division? Go. Baker Mayfield throwing to OBJ and Landry. That's okay, there you go. I said I knew you go chalk. That's fine. Let's go to the next one. Who, who we got here? Let's go AFC South. AFC South. All right. With the AFC South, we have Brandon Cooks and Randall Cobb for the Texans. For the Colts, we have T.Y. Hilton and Michael Pittman Jr. For the Jaguars, we have DJ Chark and LaVisca Chanel Jr. For the Titans, we have Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. I think, well, Buck, I, I mean, you might want to try and argue for your for your I, Jags here, but I you think, can't. I, think, I mean, this is a no I think, contest. I think, I think this is uh, this is like Ocho Cinco getting knocked out and or knocked down. <laughs> yeah. He got knocked out. He got knocked down. He got up. He got up. He got up. But yeah, now this is this is Julio Jones and AJ Brown all day. Like I'm, yeah. I'm looking at, I'm surveying the division, and man, there's a huge disparity between their pass catches and the rest of them in the division. And I yeah. like what Indianapolis can do offensively, but. I don't know if you're scared by their playmakers on the outside. I think, yeah, I think Julio and A.J. Brown. So they need Paris Campbell. They need Paris Campbell to kind of be what they were hoping he was going to be. You know, but the good thing is they're so good up front, and they, man, they have the deepest, maybe the deepest collection of running backs that you'll find with Marlon Mack, Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines. Yeah, uh, that's a big group. offensive line. They can run it. So it, it may not be as essential for them to have a dominant guy, but – there's a huge difference between Julio Jones and A.G. Brown and the rest of the crew. Before we move on to the AFC West, though, my only comment on that knockdown of Chad Johnson uh, was it it was a, a receiver getting knocked down, and it reminded me of another receiver because it reminded me of T.O. Because you remember when T.O. reached down in his sock and pulled out that Sharpie? This yeah. dude reached down in his sock and pulled out his fist. That's where that <laughs> punch came from. That thing was I, that thing was so telegraphed. That thing came down, pulled out the Sharpie, and whack. I think the big thing, and here's a look. One, I would never get in the ring. Hey, respect the, to him for getting in there. I wouldn't want any nor, part of that. Nor the octagon. But to me, I was like, oh, that's a Ricky mistake. Like, he's trying to get off the ropes, and he doesn't know, like, how to get out of there. He just leaves that chin wide <laughs> open. And he's like, hey, man, you can't get out like that. Pull <laughs> the canvas. But he popped up. He popped up. He popped up quick. I will, I will say this. I know we're, we're on a tangent. The, that, that fight thing that, that, that like – Logan Paul Mayweather, yeah. like I didn't, if, I if, didn't watch it. Truth be told, I mean, I all highlights. No, no, no. But but if Logan Paul made twenty million dollars off of that, and Mayweather makes a hundred million, 
My goodness, I see why Mayweather didn't try and put him yeah. down because hey, you don't want to kill the cash Rematch cow. Like, you want to kill the cash cow. Like that is an unbelievable thing. We need to find something like that. We need to find. So, he, so, 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 real quick before we move on. So, did, did Floyd just not even go at him? I mean, he didn't really throw any punches. He just kind of was like just taking it. He would pop him a little bit and kind of do it like he. I mean, like you, it was like you shadow boxing with Trey when he was little. Was a little bit like, like, yeah. yeah, he could always get off when he wanted to get off. But I think the money was in not putting him down, but making it appear like a very competitive fight, much like he did with Conor McGarrett. Hey, man, let's take this thing in the deep water, let people get excited because right. they tune in. But I don't care what anybody say. Like, people tune in, so give him a show. He, he ended up knocking out McGregor, though, right? That's because McGregor got tired. It's just like a yeah. it's just like an MMA fight. Like if McGregor goes into the fourth and fifth round, like he he gasses out. So that's yeah. that's all he did. He let him he let him swing himself out. He got tired and then he played with him. That's not good with though. It's not it's not good for it's not good for Connor if the other dude from YouTube can go the distance and you couldn't. That's not, <laughs> it's, not good, it's not a good look. I'm just leaving it at that. Not a good look. Uh, <laughs> Which again defies logic. Like, there's no way that Floyd was going at this YouTube dude. Come on, man. Come on. He's 50 years old. I'm not oh, come on. Idiot. No. Um, all right. We got we to pick up the pace here. AFC West. Go ahead, Nabil. What we got? With the AFC West, we have Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant for the Broncos, or you could look at Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. With the Chiefs, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. With the Raiders, Henry Ruggs and Darren Waller. With the Chargers, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Well, you know, calling charge games. I love Keenan. I love Mike. I think that's a good combination. But I don't see how you go anywhere but the Chiefs on this one. We can make this one pretty quick here, Buck. Oh no, I think this is Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. I mean, I think yeah. I, those, those guys are. Fantastic. I would say I would say for the Raiders on third down, Renfro and Waller is tough. That's a tough combination to deal with on third down. But yeah, that's that's the Chiefs. We can we can move on from that one. Let's go to the NFC East here, Nabil. Yeah, we'll start with the. Cowboys, we have Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb. With the Giants, we have Kenny Galladay and Evan Ingram or Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Toney. And with the Eagles, we have Devonta Smith and Jalen Rager. You could look at Goddard. Devonta, yeah, Devonta Smith and Goddard. The, with the Washington football team, we have Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin. I kind of like Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin, but I, I just – to me, I, I'm I'm such a C.D. Lamb guy and Amari Cooper, even though a little inconsistent mm-hmm. for the money that he makes. Um, I still think I probably I would go with the Cowboys. On that yeah, one. I, I would go there because Amari Cooper. I mean, we talk about inconsistencies, but then you look at the end of the year, the numbers are always kind of there when he yeah. has a quarterback. Uh, C.D. Lamb is fantastic. I expect him to make a major jump. Uh, I would go with the Cowboys. I do like McLaurin and Samuel with Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's going to be some boom or bust. If I was a fantasy football fan, I would play those guys. Be some big um, Sundays. Big Sundays. It's going to be some turnovers, but you don't get credit for those turnovers. Only Fitzpatrick. So, yeah, I would take those guys. <laughs> yeah, good call. All right, NFC North. With the NFC North, we start with the Bears. We have Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller, or Allen Robinson and Marquise Goodwin. We have with the Lions, you can look at Brashard Perryman and Amon Ra. St. Brown, or you can look at Amon Ross St. Brown. They were good. And, Next. Next. And, and Hawkinson. Uh, and with the Packers, you have Devontae Adams and Robert Tanyan. 
with the Vikings, you have Justin Jefferson and Adam oh, Thielen. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to go with the Vikings just with the combination of those two dudes. I mean, Devontae Adams is the best of all of all those mm-hmm. dudes, but I, I think the duo, I would go Minnesota. Yeah, Thielen and Jefferson, they, they put a lot of pressure on you on the outside because you have two crafty route runners that can get it done. But I'll say this, you kind of dismiss Detroit – T.J. Hawkinson was a Pro Bowl player last year. I, I love T.J. Hawkinson. I gave him a huge grade, probably a little bit, even though he's a Pro Bowl, probably a little too high of a grade. Well, I, know, but I know. He doesn't that, have a that, playmate. He doesn't have a playmate. Nah, and, even, and even T.J., as much as I love him, I don't think that teams come he's, into the game being like, whoa, how are we yeah. going to deal with this? No, not at all. No, uh, no, what we, we got? got NFC, NFC South. South. With the NFC South, we start with uh, Calvin Ridley, and uh, Kyle Pitts for the Falcons. For the fun one. Panthers, we have Robbie Anderson, and you can look at DJ Moore. And with the Saints, we have Michael Thomas, and um, you, I guess pause, you can trade. Pause. Yeah, <laughs> Alvin Kamara. If you want to, if we want to go uh, pass yeah, catching, yeah. we haven't put any running backs in there, so we can't. We can't make that. We can't make that move. Trey Quan Smith. This is Tampa, right? I mean, yeah, with Mike Evans is- and Godwin. I mean, this is Mike Evans and Godwin all day long. I mean, and you've got – you also have Antonio Brown as a little bonus piece in there, and you've got tight ends coming out the woodwork. Um, I love I love, I love, love Pitts, and I love uh, uh, the combination that you're going to have there. When when you see Pitts working in the middle of the field, Buck, and you get the the matchups that you want with him, uh, with linebackers and safeties, and then Calvin Ridley is a, is a good a route runner as we have. That's a great young combination. But Tampa's, I mean, that's the Super Bowl champs, and and uh, and I like their group the best. How about you? I think Tampa's. I think Tampa's group is the one. I think that is the main deal that he has. I mean, they Evans and Godwin, they they can do it all. Big body, fast, big time playmakers that can get it done. Like that's that's the way that you're supposed to do it. Like I, I think I don't think it's close. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. All right, we got one more left here. NFC West. The NFC West. We're going to start with. The Cardinals, we have A.J. Green and DeAndre Hopkins. With the Rams, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. With the Niners, Brendan Ayuk and Debo Samuel. And with the Seahawks, D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Whoa, Kittle Kittle might have a question about that one, Nabil. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Kittle. (laughs) I might throw Kittle in there. Um, Look, Seattle, man, that's pretty good, Buck. Um, That's Mm -hmm. that's a tough one there with with Metcalf and uh, and Lockett. But – I guess if we're, we don't, we can't give Kittle the bonus points as a blocker because technically we're just talking about the receiving part of it. Um, ah, man, I love, I love him so much and I love the combination. If it's a trio, if it was a trio, I might go San Francisco. But if we're limiting it to a duo, I think I'll stick with Seattle. Yeah, it is. A Rams tough is good too, though. Rams is a good combo too. Rams is a good combo. I, I think the difference in why. You go with Metcalf and Lockett. I think the big playability. Yeah. I think that's the one thing that separates them. Metcalf and Lockett, they put up. It's weird because that offense fluctuated. They started out like a house on fire, and then they kind of petered down the stretch. But they are, I mean, a very, very talented um, collection of playmakers. I would go with the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. I, that's that's probably a safe bet. Okay, let's uh I put you on the spot here. We've kind of gone division by division. If you could only pick one, and I'm not saying I won't even say this is the best one, but like let's just say for your money that you get a you get to watch this duo all year long of the guys that we've kind of put out there. Is there one that that jumps out to you that you'd say I'll sign up for this one? A duo that I'm thinking that's going to jump out. <laughs> 
Let's go back. Like, DJ, like, honestly, the duo that I would say watch out is I don't know if there's been enough attention paid to the team that we talked about at the beginning, the Patriots with the tight ends. Yeah. That that combination is really a scary combination. I'm not calling them like what they had previously with the late Aaron Hernandez and Gronk, but that is a dynamic duo when you have John Smith and Hunter Henry, two guys that can run routes and they can do seams and they can do a bunch of different things. Obviously, it depends on the trigger man. But potentially, they could be a problem because Jonu Smith can spread out. I know Hunter Henry is a terrific playmaker that can do a bunch of different things. They're problematic. I think I would keep an eye on that group because I think the Patriots are going to be a lot better than people give them credit for. Yeah, that, I, I, I like that. I, I would say the one that I'm looking forward to watching the most. Um, and again, this one we didn't even say it's not the best in the division. We touched on it, though. And I think it would be Atlanta. I think Calvin Ridley going to be kind of outside the shadow of Julio Jones. People are going to really recognize how talented this kid is. And then all I don't know about you, but on social media, all I hear is you guys stop talking about Kyle Pitts. No rookie tight ends go over a thousand yards. They don't do this. I'm like, I don't know. This dude's different, man. I, I'm excited to see how they use him. You know, it would have been a little more space if they had Julio out there as well. No Julio. But to me, how they use Ridley is a pure number one. And then having a mismatch player in Kyle Pitts, even though he's a rookie, I'm going to be curious to watch the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, no, because I think the big thing with um, Cal Pitts, he has so much hype preceding his arrival. How close can he come to, to to meeting some of those expectations? Because we talk about him being a unicorn and the different things that he can do is different. And rookies progress at a different rate, pass catches on the perimeter. And I will be curious to see how Arthur Smith used him and how he's able to make him get enough touches to balance out that offense in the passing game away from Calvin Ridley because it's going to be really important. I mean, if it's up to me, I break the huddle every single snap with Hurst and Pitts in the game. I break the huddle in 12. Now, if you want to just line up Pitts and play him as the X, just play him as the X. He's their second-best receiver on the roster. Forget tight end. Just play him a receiver if you want. Yeah, play him a receiver. Let him be a playmaker. I mean, he he can do that. Um, I think going all the way back, I would love to see them do what I call 22 personnel, two, two backs, two tight ends, one wide receiver, Calvin Ridley. And let Cal Pitts do that George Kittle stuff. Because yeah. if they do that, that's when he's a problem. Because how do you match up with him? Do you put your big sets in to deal with that? And then he goes out and takes your uh, linebacker out in the deep water? Or yeah. do you line up and play base and they run the football? Um, it'd be interesting because he is a very, very unique playmaker. All right, no doubt. All right, well, I got I to get out of here. We got to run. This has been a fun, uh, fun episode. It starts with Bucky laughing at the beginning of the show, and we finish up with just a, a good overall experience. It was a good omen. Um, thanks to Nabil for putting this whole thing together. Uh, put him to work today, getting after it. But uh, appreciate his work as always. And thank you guys for hanging with us. We'll catch you next time right here on Move the Sticks. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. 
There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Are you looking to build this year? If so, there is no better time than right now to start planning and to get your spot on the construction schedule. If you need a garage, a stall barn, a storage for vehicles, RV, boat, collectibles, or even a, a shop for your farm, hobbies, or car restoration projects, visit mortonbuildings.com and start your construction process with superior materials craftsmanship best in class warranty morton buildings are made to last for generations at morton the difference is in the details from their cutting edge innovations to their craftsmen in the field they are dedicated to surpassing expectations their legacy of excellence spans more than 120 years and morton buildings is 100% employee-owned with more than a quarter million satisfied customers. That means they're the industry leader you can trust. When you choose Morton, you'll experience quality at every step of the building process, starting before the walls even go up. Visit mortonbuildings.com to get started today. What's out there is unknown. So at UC San Diego, out we go. Because to take on the challenges of the here and now, you got to get your feet wet. Your eyes open and your mind out there, way out there, turning the unknown into cures, culture, and connections with each step forward. So pack a bag, a notebook, and some sandals and get ready to look far and think further. UC San Diego. Learn more at ucsd.edu.